Welcome to the Industries in Motion podcast from RBC Capital Markets. In this series, we explore what's new and what's next in today's fast-moving markets and industries to help you stay ahead of the curve. Please listen to the end of this podcast for important disclosures. Today, I'm joined by Mandeep Jagpal, who sits within our European insurance team, and he's got a background before joining us as a pensions and investment actuary. A lot of Mandeep's research has a particular focus on the emerging themes in the UK life insurance sector. And one of the themes he's done a lot of work on is uh, projections of the future life expectancy and longevity. And this is a topic of high interest for both life insurers, as well as, I'm sure, the wider population. And it's also the topic of today's uh, podcast. So, Mandy, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Mike. Thank you. So, as I said, today's topic is about uh, future life expectancy and longevity, an area where we've got a differentiated view as RBC versus the market. It's quite a complex topic. I'd love you to uh, give us an an overview of why life expectancy trends are important to the UK life insurance sector and where actually RBC's views are different to the market. Thanks, Mike. As a high-level overview, based on our analysis of the factors affecting life expectancy and the most recent mortality data, we think that insurers have been overly optimistic in forecasting future improvements in life expectancy. However, market earnings consensus does not yet factor this potential upside into its estimates as it has not yet fully adjusted for the long-term impacts of COVID or the increasing rates of dementia on life expectancy. In our research, we undertake a forward-looking approach to forecasting the drivers of longevity rather than just relying on the historic data. As a result of this analysis, uh, we think that longevity benefits will be material, equating to 14% of the sector's market cap over the next five to six years. Okay, that's interesting. When you talk about improving longevity, it's actually people dying earlier than forecasts. That's right. So when I say improving longevity, I refer to future life expectancy improvements and how these improvements aren't going to be as high as they were previously expected. So unfortunately, people will be dying, although they're living longer than they currently are, they'll be dying sooner than they gotcha. previously Understood. Were. So then before getting into your thesis then, could you explain how life insurers are exposed to, to that changing life expectancy? Yeah, so I'll start at the beginning when writing a new policy. The actuaries within these insurers make assumptions around how long they expect the policyholder to live for, and this ensures that they charge the appropriate premium. However, over time, due to various factors which we'll touch on later, these forecasted life expectancies have actually been coming down over recent years. Intuitively, many people may think that policyholders living less long is bad for life insurers as they need to pay out more sooner than they expected on these life insurance policies. However, we think that this is a misconception as in the UK, it's annuity policies rather than life insurance policies which make up the majority of the business of these insurers. Got you. Annuities pay policyholders a guaranteed income for their entire life and therefore open up insurers to something called longevity risk. The big question is, given the COVID-related shock to mortality, what will be the trend going forward? Our new research, which draws on the opinions from demographic experts and the most recent mortality data, points to current life expectancy projections being, that are being used by insurers still being too high, and we think that these life expectancy projections will need to come down further in the future. So putting all that together, our view is that historically, the premiums charged by insurers, based on the data available at that time, will end up being too prudent, and that these insurers will be able to release this additional capital back to shareholders, resulting in higher profits and improved capital positions. Understood. So UK life insurers have the most exposure to life expectancy changes through the annuity policies that they write, and that opens them up to longevity risk. 
Before we get on to why you think longevity risk will be a positive driver going forward, maybe you could explain what, what the trend has been historically and how material this has been for the sector historically. Yeah, sure. So annual improvements in UK longevity have been consistent for a number of decades until 2011. This was helped by a stable reduction each year in heart disease-related deaths as the prevalence of smoking reduced. However, since 2011, the benefit to longevity from people quitting smoking has levelled off as the number of people quitting each year has reduced as there's a smaller amount of the population left who smokes. Alongside the fewer people now quitting smoking, there's also been a notable increase in death from dementia. These factors have led to a clear slowdown in recent annual longevity improvements and for the UK life insurance sector, this has resulted in longevity reserve releases being a material driver of earnings. Over the last five years, longevity releases have accounted for 20% of operating profits. Okay, so looking forward, you, you mentioned your opening marks and comments there that you, you think COVID and dementia will be factors driving life expectancy reductions versus forecast going forward. What's the impact of these fact factors and why... If you can see it, hasn't the industry or the market really recognised them? Yeah, so insurers have traditionally updated their longevity forecast annually. And this is where they adopt the most recent version of the Institute of Actuaries longevity improvement model. And this reflects the, the most recent year's mortality data. However, since the onset of COVID, the significant increase in the number of deaths has meant that data from 2020 and 2021 has been unsuitable for use in these models and so insurers have chosen to ignore all the prevailing data since 2019 in their forecasts. This means that due to this one-off shock, insurers have not yet taken into account any of the underlying trends in longevity for the last two years, and then therefore completely ignored the, the long-term impact of COVID, as well as the continuation of pre-COVID trends, such as higher dementia-related deaths. Mm -hmm. So rather than waiting for this data to emerge over the next few years, in our research, we have attempted to analyze underlying trends and forecast the size of potential longevity profits for the next few years without um, which we think will be significant. Okay, so, so moving on to the drivers themselves then, how, how will COVID impact your forecast? Yeah, so there's growing consensus and recognition uh, that unfortunately COVID will have a negative impact on longevity improvements. And some of this potential evidence is already starting to be revealed with higher than expected deaths in the UK over the last few months as social restrictions have been removed and lifestyles have normalised. Additionally, the second order effects of the pandemic are likely to have much wider ranging impacts on life expectancy and these may not be initially obvious. For example, firstly there's been an increase in NHS waiting times across the country due to the, initially the COVID response and but these are yet to reach re, uh, recover to pre-pandemic levels. For instance, now only 71% of cancer patients are seen within six weeks of a diagnostic test down from 97% before the pandemic. Secondly, the knock-on effects of factors such as funding for the health and social care system, whether it be mental health or emergency care, is likely to have a noticeable impact on how life expectancy improves, as we, as we have seen in previous recessions. But it's not just broader implications of the pandemic on how we deliver health care that we expect to be a driver of longevity going forward. Another key factor is dementia, which is actually one of the few diseases that has been getting worse in recent years as the population has aged. Since 2011, Dementia has been the number one cause of death for females in the UK, surpassing heart disease and strokes. Many of these diseases can be influenced by advertising, regulation and taxes, but the causes and cures of dementia are much less obvious. So, when insurers finally start updating their longevity assumptions for these underlying factors, which we think will be from 2024, 
we expect it will trigger material longevity reserve releases. Okay, so it's quite a gloomy uh, picture of you paint COVID, dementia, but also how we're delivering um, healthcare post the pandemic uh, and the implications of that. You said there that you're not expecting insurers to actually start reflecting these assumptions until 2024. What's going to happen until then, and how's that going to appear in in the market? Yeah, so there's a number of factors that will drive higher mortality rates over the shorter term as well. And these include the return of the flu and the cost of living crisis. Flu levels have been extremely depressed for the last few years, but as social distancing measures have now been relaxed, we expect flu-related deaths to come back, although not to the, not to the same extent as pre-2020. And this is due to endemic COVID cases also being around now. The data from Australia supports this thesis, as flu deaths have surged again in recent months after being dormant for the last two years. Now, in terms of less direct impacts on life expectancy, the cost of living crisis represents a real challenge. In particular, with soaring energy prices, it will, be, it will cost people a lot more to heat their homes, and historically, 30% of excess deaths in winter are caused by people living in a cold home, according to World Health Organization estimates. So, in summary, it's flu, endemic COVID, and the cost of living crisis that may cause excess mortality in the short term, and this will generate some small reserve releases over the next few years, while reserve releases and profits will really ramp up over the medium to longer term when the insurers have the data that they need to show this underlying negative impact of COVID and dementia and so allows the insurers to finally update their forecasts. Okay, Mandy, it's quite a gloomy picture you paint in terms of mortality rates and actually life expectancy being lower than anticipated. But I guess for your, your companies, the life insurers, it actually reflects a, a better picture, a chance to re reverse some, some of the provisions. Um, let's see how this develops over coming years um, and how it plays through. Really interesting insights, let's stay in touch on that. Thanks very much. What else lies ahead in today's ever-evolving markets and industries? We will be keeping track right here on Industries in Motion. Make sure you subscribe to Industries in Motion wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thank you for listening to today's episode. This content is based on information available at the time it was recorded and is for informational purposes only. It is not an offer to buy or sell or a solicitation, and no recommendations are implied. It is outside the scope of this communication to consider whether it is suitable for you and your financial objectives.